right, everybody, we are Sunday morning live stream beginning. It is 11, uh, excuse me, it's 1056. So we're going to kind of mess around here while you get your uh, afternoon, your early, late morning coffee or get your Bibles out. And uh, coffee and breakfast and all that should have been had or you're having a late breakfast, that's fine. But we're going to wait for some people to get on. So... Um, in the meantime, we'll piddle around a little bit with some music. She's coming. Kevin back there, faithfully serving the church, getting us online. Don't forget to hit the like buttons. On your social media, YouTube and Facebook, don't forget to share it with your friends and neighbors and people you don't know. And uh, make sure you can comment in the comment sections if you want to. Um, good way to communicate with us. If you have any prayer concerns or prayer needs, uh, you can send us a message on Facebook. You can email us on the church website. You can call the church and leave a message on the phone. If you know my personal number, you can call that number. If you want to, plenty of ways to get a hold of us. So just go ahead and uh, just let us know what what your prayer concerns are, and we'll continue to pray about those things. Uh, continue to pray for uh, Sharon and her Sharon's family as they uh, grieve uh, the loss of Sharon this last week. You ready? We're gonna sing. A, we're gonna sing. This. this isn't one of the songs we planned on singing, so we're just singing this to let people get on for the next two minutes. But we can start it right at eleven o'clock. Swing low. Sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. I looked over Jordan and what did I see? Coming for to carry me home. Up and up those angels. Coming after me, coming for to carry me home. Swing low, swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. If you get there before. <laughs> we always mess that up. If you get there way before I do, coming for to carry me home. Just tell all my friends I'm coming too. Coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Sometimes I'm up and sometimes I'm down Coming for to carry me home Still my soul feels heavenly bound Coming for to carry me home Swing low, sweet chariot Coming for to carry me home Swing 
one song we're messing around with. That's an old, old, old-timey, <clears throat> old-timey hymn right there. Now, uh, it's, let's see, it's right about 11 o'clock right now, so we're going to get started this morning, so we want to welcome you to Oak Grove uh, Christian Church live stream here in Arden, North Carolina. Uh, hopefully all of our members are tuning in at this point and are prepared to type amen on the comment section and uh, be ready to uh, follow along in some scriptures. I'll tell you one thing you're going to need once we get to uh, the scripture teaching portion of today's live stream, you're going to need a pen and a pencil or a piece of paper and a pen or a piece of paper and a pen. So something to write with and something to write it on because I got several pieces of scripture I'm probably going to go through pretty quickly some of those pieces of scripture, so you might want to write them down so that you can spend the rest of the day going back over those scripture and studying a little bit and seeking the Lord, seeking His truth. So if you're if you're uh, tuned in and, and ready to go, that'd be a good idea for you to do right now. Also, uh, if you're not a member of Oak Grove Christian Church here, then uh, we want to welcome you uh, to our live stream. If you have been watching us live and you're not a member, uh, pretty regular since we started, then I want to uh, welcome you to our online online family and let you know that you're part of our church, even though you're not here with us. And whenever we do come to the point where we can come back together and worship uh, here in the building, I want you all to pray about and consider coming and joining us live and so we can celebrate and and give praise to god uh that, that that's appropriate uh together and we can kind of meet you a little bit and you can meet us and you can be a part of the family that way if you're local if you're here uh, in arden or near arden north carolina if you're not near us if you are way far away then uh you can continue to tune in we're going to continue to live stream even though we come back when we come back and resume our regular uh in-person services we're still going to live stream, so don't don't uh, worry about missing out once we come back. So just know that that's going to continue because I know that there's a lot of people tuning in and hopefully being blessed by what we're doing and maybe another tool to share with your friends and neighbors and, and learn and grow together and we can all serve the Lord. So, all right, let's get into a, a Chris Tomlin. Let's get into his song, Good, Good Father. Uh, we'll kind of do a cover of that and we'll go from there. All right. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard a tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. Your good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are. Who I am, it's who I am. I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide because you know what we need before we say a word. Good, good Father, it's who you are, it's who you are, 
It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Love so undeniable. So unexplainable, I can hardly think as you call me, deeper still as you call me, deeper still as you call me, deeper still into love, 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 your good, good Father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm it's who I am, it's who I am, you're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am. Well, I didn't stop where I told her I was going to stop. That's why she keeps looking at me like that, y'all. All right, let's go. Let's do another. Let's do a hymn together. Um, this is a, oh, I guess it's an older hymn. I don't know. Most hymns are old, older for most people, most younger, most of the younger crowd. But I like it. It says, it says a lot. Uh, we need something that we can think about together as we continue to press on in the world and make disciples and grow, grow in our Christian faith and be uh, sanctified and uh, remember who we are and who God is and our relationship with him and kind of put up, make sure that we always stay in the right place, right?
power, let thy blessing fall on me. dried up right in the middle of that song. My throat stuck together. All right, I hope everybody's uh, continuing to tune in and starting your watch parties, uh, getting, uh, getting your uh, live streams set up and got your friends and neighbors invited and you're ready. You got your Bible, you got your coffee, you got your communion uh, items together for communion when we're finished. And uh, just sitting back and letting the Lord uh, kind of bless you in that way and know that we are uh, continuing to serve the Lord and continuing to make disciples and continuing to worship this morning. Uh, we're going to sing a song. We've sang it here before. Pam and I have. I don't You may know it. Uh, the Isaacs wrote this song. What's her name? Sonia. Sonia Isaacs. I think she has a different last name now. She's been married since then. But anyway, it's called If That Don't Make You Want to Go. We're going to sing that song, uh, kind of cover, cover that a little bit. Uh, the, I like they sing it a lot better than we do, but it's I 
that don't make you wanna go, brother, that don't make you wanna go, sister, that don't make you wanna go to heaven, I don't know what does. We got, we got through it. There we are. All right, y'all. Um, Let's turn our attention to uh, our scripture for this morning and maybe a little bit of prayer time as we continue on with this morning's worship and uh, we'll give glory to the Lord. We are, like I said before, we are going to be in several parts of scripture uh, this morning, and I will try to go slow enough for you to at least write them down. As I, I'm going to read quite a bit to start with, but uh, you can follow me if you want to. But I would encourage you to write them down as well, because it's it's not that I'm trying to flood you with a lot of different things to focus on. I'm trying to what I want to try to do is bring a lot of things in the Scripture to the same point. So that we might learn and, and grow and, and help one another. So while you're, while you're getting uh, things uh, worked out, and uh, we're going to be Genesis chapter 21, be the first scripture I'll read. And we'll, we'll kind of work our way, kind of sort of through, skim through the Old Testament. And hopefully work our way into a little bit of some Psalms, uh, and pro maybe a proverb, and uh, eventually into Matthew. Is where we're going to go. Now, I'm getting ready to tell you uh, about some history, and normally I would not use this, uh, this history as, as a sermon illustration, but for the sake of the gospel, I'll get through it, all right? And those of you who know me will understand uh, what this is about, and I will explain it. Hopefully, I'll remember to explain it when I'm finished. Now, here it is, November the 30th, 2013, all right? Alabama, University of Alabama, was playing the Auburn, which is known as the Iron Bowl. It's always a great, a big rivalry game. I'm, I was born in Lamar County, Alabama, and I, I, I tend to root for Alabama, University of Alabama. That's, that's what I do, okay? And which means that Auburn is not my favorite team in the world when it comes to college football. Now, what happened in this particular game, this particular day, at the end of the game, the score was tied 28 to 28. I remember when this happened, by the way. It, 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 I tried to forget about it, and then I found this historical account of it and reminded me about what I'm going to talk about this morning. So at the end of the game, this, the official, the referee, he gave the ruling that the runner touched out of bounds at the 39-yard line, and there was one second left on the clock for Alabama. So Alabama ran, uh, ran the ball, uh, and they stepped out of bounds, did not score the touchdown. They got one second on the clock at the end of the game to try to kick a field goal. All right, so what happened is it's, it, it, so it turns out to be a 57-yard field goal attempt. The problem for Alabama was they had a kicker who had missed, I think, three field goals in that one game already. 
He just completely missed them. Had he not missed those field goals, they wouldn't have been in the situation that they're in at the end of the game. So there's this other guy that, that, that the coach puts in the game, Adrian Griffith, number 99. He was one for two for his career. <laughs> and it was his third ever field goal attempt in his whole career. And here he is in one of the, probably the most important game in Alabama – and he's got to kick a 57-yard field goal to win the game. All right? If he doesn't, then they go into overtime. If he misses it, they go into overtime. So he kicks the field goal, and he doesn't make it between the goal post. It doesn't, the, the field goal doesn't even get close to the goal post. In fact, the, the Auburn defender, it was Chris Davis, number 11, he catches the ball in the end zone. And then runs the ball all the way back down the field to score a touchdown to win the game for Auburn. Y'all. Well, that's the reason I'm telling you that story. Because I'm not going to talk a lot about Alabama losing a football game, especially to Auburn. But it's what happened. It does happen from time to time. The, the, here's the thing. The, the, game, the weekend before this game, Auburn was playing Georgia. <laughs> and uh, what happened was it was a close game, right? And the game was uh, – let's see, let's see how does this go. Auburn was playing at University of Georgia, and it was fourth and 18 for Auburn. At the end of the game, there was 36 seconds left, and they were down. Auburn was down 37 to 38, 38 to 37. They were down by one point, about to lose the game. Nick Marshall throws a Hail Mary pass into the, in, down the field – Look what happened. The, the, the pass bounces off the head of the Georgia player and fell into the hands of uh, number five, Ricardo Lewis, who scored a touchdown in front of 87,451 fans for 73-yard touchdown to win the game against Georgia. That's two weeks in a row for Auburn to win a game at the last second of a game. Well, here's, here's, here's the whole point of these two games uh, illustrations. The announcer said... This was an answered prayer. <laughs> and then uh, what happened was for weeks after, the, uh, the, the fans, uh, after those two games, the fans were saying that God was with Auburn or God was an Auburn fan. They were saying both. They were saying God must have been with Auburn those weekends or that God is an Auburn fan. Now, I don't know about, I don't know about you, but I just don't know that God picks teams. I just don't think that God picks teams. If he did, I know he would, uh, for sure, he would be an SEC fan. And uh, after that, I'll just leave it, you know, leave it up to the Lord. You know, it made me think about something else when I was reading this because, you know, everybody's saying, well, God must have been with Auburn those two, <laughs> for those two football games because those were tough football games. In something a little bit more serious in life, I've always thought, uh, as I've kind of read about the Civil War, uh, the history of the Civil War, which I think a lot of young people don't really know much about because it's being neglected to be taught. But what a lot of, I think what a lot of people miss maybe about the Civil War when that happened, there were people on all sides praying to God, to the same God for victory, praying to the same God for strength to, to win the battle, to win the war. Both sides of every battle, there were people praying to the same God to be with them. Which brings us to today. 
I want to know, do we know if God is with us or not? Do we believe that is God with us? And if we do believe that, then how do we know if God is with us? Seems to be a, a, a common question. Seems to be a question that uh, is asked from time to time. I think even the believers, people who have been believers most of their lives, I think sometimes ask this question. I want, is God even with me? Does, is God, we know the Bible says that God is with us. We know that God has made promises, but sometimes things get rough and uh, we're unsure, right? Let's look into our scriptures now. So get your paper and uh, pen ready. Genesis chapter 21, verse 22 to 31, we see where God right here, verse 22 to 30, uh, excuse me, yeah, verse 22 to 31, not going to read all of that, uh, where he, we see where uh, God was with Abraham. He was on his side, right? Verse 22 to 31, at that time, Abimelech and, and, and uh, Pickle, the, the commander of the forces, said to Abraham, right here in verse 22, God is with you in everything you do. Right? So other people noticed in Abraham that God was with him. And we know, we know that because we've studied our scriptures, we've studied the Bible, and we know that uh, Abraham was a man of God. He was, uh, the righteousness was accredited to him by his faith. And we know that God sent him on a mission, made him leave his home, and was, was with him always. We know that God was with Abraham. Now go over to uh, 26, chapter 26 of Genesis. As we look and see that uh, Isaac, verse 23, right? He says this, from there... He went up to Beersheba that night. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am God. I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will bless you and I will increase your number of your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. And, and God says to Isaac, I'm with you because I promised Abraham. I'm with you because you're faithful to me. This is another some more evidence that God was with Isaac. And then we go to uh, Genesis chapter 48. Turn over there really quickly. If I can get my Bible there, we can see where uh, Joseph needed to hear that God was with him. Here's 44, 46, and 48. So he says in verse 21, we can read, Then Israel said to Joseph, I'm about to die, but God will be with you and take you back to the land of your fathers. Once again, it's been spoken out loud that God is with Joseph. And then you go into Joshua, which is just a few pages, excuse me, Exodus, a few pages over Exodus chapter 3, right? And you can see in verse 12... It says, and God said, I will be with you, and, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. God speaking to Moses, right? And, and Moses comes up on this burning bush, and God starts to talk to him and give him instructions on what he wants Moses to do. And he says to Moses, I will be with you. So there's another guy that God says he's with. Now we can go to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, 
uh, speaking to, to, to Joshua. He says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Do you see a pattern going on here, right? Do you see a pattern uh, going on in the lives of the people in which, whom God called to do certain things in, in, his, in his world for his mission? God is faithful, and God has made some promises. One more, Judges chapter 6. This one's a little bit different. It's not that much different. It's only different because, well, Moses was a little bit meek, a little bit timid, a little bit defeated when he encountered God. But Gideon was totally hiding from the world and everything that was going on in the world, and God calls him out of that. He says, uh, Judges chapter 6 and verse 12, he says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. See, Gideon, he had been hiding. He'd been like sifting grain uh, in like a cave somewhere, in a pit, so that he wouldn't be found by the enemy because he was afraid of the enemy. He was afraid of the people in the world. And God sent an angel to him and said, hey, you need to uh, know that God is with you. And you're a mighty warrior. You're stronger than what you think. Right? So here it is. Right? Here's another person that God says, I'm with you. The question is, how do we know whose side God is on in this world? Right? Because, you know, the, the, the illustration that, that I used earlier was people, after those two football games, people were starting to think, okay, God must be on the side of Auburn. And all the Auburn fans are like, well, of course. But the rest of us are like, whatever. Right? But this is kind of serious here. And, and if you think about things like really any war in this world that's ever existed, there, were, there, there had to be people on both sides of, of war calling out to the same God for God to be on their side. Make sense? So how, have you ever, I mean, how do you, how do you reconcile that God answers prayer and that God is faithful and that God is on your side if your brother in Christ is on the other side. Because I can promise you this, there are some people who are part of University of Alabama and the University of Georgia that love the Lord too. Right? There are people on, uh, who, who fought in the Civil War, north or south or in between, that love the Lord too. And we're saved by the blood of Christ. There are people right now on different sides of politics and different sides of social arguments and different sides of uh, world problems, different denominations that love the Lord too. How do we know whose side God is on? Because if if you're like me, you, you, you want to know, right? You want to know where God stands. Here, here, let's, let's look at some things in, in the Psalms, all right? You still got your paper out. You still got your pen and pencil or, or whatever you're writing with. And you're going to write down these. I, I might read through these uh, somewhat uh, quickly, and that's okay because you'll write them down and you can look at them later. Psalm 9, verse 10, okay? 
These are some, here's some information. We're going to put the we're going to put the question on hold. Who, how do we know whose side God is on? And we're going to remember our illustrations. We're going to remember the scriptures that I just read about the examples of the people throughout history. Just a few. There's plenty more, but there's just a few who God. We know that God was with them. God was on their side. We know that. We can tell by what what it says in scripture. So what about us? What about today's world? What about the people in the world? Whose side is God on? So let's read some of these Psalms real quick, and then I'll come back to that. Verse nine, verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 10, Psalm 9, verse 10 says, Those who know your name will trust you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 9, verse 10. Let's go to Psalm 10, verse 4. It says, In his pride the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts there is no room for God. All right, that was Psalm 10, verse 4. Psalm 10, verse 4. Now let's go over to Psalm 27. Psalm 27 in verse 4. I'm going to have to put in a few dramatic pauses here so y'all can write these down, right? So Psalm 27, verse 4, says this right here. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. I'm hoping that y'all are writing these down, writing the verses down so you can look them up later because these are the, these are the type of things that are, that are going to continue to keep you solid in your faith, keep you trusting in who God is. That was Psalm 27, verse 4. And then there's Psalm 34, verse 10. Okay, Psalm 34, verse 10. Let's read that one. It says, the lions, Psalm, Psalm 34, verse 10, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Are y'all seeing a pattern as I'm reading these Psalms here? Are you seeing something that's similar or something that all of these Psalm, Psalms have in common that we're reading? Now go to Psalm 40. Last one, Psalm 40, verse 14. All right, Psalm 40 and verse 14. It says, May all who seek to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. Yeah? So, uh, you can go back and you can read, go back and read all of those psalms and read around them, read this, the verses around them, and see really what they're about. But here, this one here is, is the only one that didn't say, "Seek the Lord and be blessed." Really, because all of these psalms, except for that last one, said, "Seek the Lord and be blessed." The last one says, "May all who seek to take my life be put to shame." And confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. Why? Because I'm seeking the Lord. Because I'm with God. I belong to the kingdom of God as a believer in Jesus Christ. So, so what what it is is who can who can uh, who can take on God? This is the reason why. Here's the, this is the reason why everybody uh, wants God to be on their side. This is the reason why everybody wants God to be in, in favor of what, whatever it is going on in their life. Because God is indestructible. He's all-powerful. He's almighty. He's all-knowing. He cannot be destroyed. 
So, of course, everybody wants God to be with them. And it's very comforting to know that God, this same God that I just talked about, is with me. But there's a big problem with the question that we're trying to answer. All right? Because there's one thing we have to do is we have to seek the Lord. That's what we just learned in all of those psalms. Let me, let me, look, at, let me look at one more psalm and a proverb. Psalm 97 in verse 10. All right? Psalm 97 in verse 10. Here's another thing that's important to know. First thing, all of those other psalms that we just read are all about seeking God. This one here, let me read what it says, 97 in verse 10. He says, let those, who have, let those who have the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Right? Key word there being hate. Right? And some people are like, well, we're, we're Christians. We're not supposed to hate people. No, no, it says to hate sin. You can't love God if you don't hate sin. You can't uh, seek the Lord if you're in love with sin. Right? So you have to, you ha it has to be detestable to you. Right? I hope, you're, I hope you're seeing where I'm going with this. And maybe you are, maybe you're not. I'm hoping that by the time I'm finished, I'm going to make it crystal clear for everybody. Look in Proverbs, uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 8. And we will uh, see one more example of what he's saying in Psalm, in, in Psalm 97. Proverbs chapter 8 in verse 13 right there. Oh, next page. Verse 13 of Proverbs uh, chapter 8 says, To fear the Lord is to what? Hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. All right, so... It seems to me that if we're gonna uh, if we're gonna desire the Lord to be on our side, then we can't be about the things that offend Him. We can't be about the world's business, the worldly things of life. We can't be about our own kingdoms, and still say, "Is God on my side?" It, it goes against everything that the gospel is about. It goes against everything that Jesus died for. All right, so we have evidence from what we just read, the, the few verses that we just read, we have evidence that God is willing to be with people, right? We, we have that evidence. We also know that uh, there is something that we need to do to ensure that God is with us, and that is to seek him, seek the Lord in all things. And there's consequences for seeking him, and they're a blessing to us. And then hate evil, hate wickedness. This is the gospel message. This is what Jesus died for. This is why it says to abandon your old way of life, which is repentance, and accept Jesus. Seek the Lord. Seek the blessings of Christ. Be one with him. You cannot have your kingdom, and God's kingdom. You, it can't be that way. This is why there's a problem with the question that we're trying to ask. How do we know that whose side God is on, right? You look at these, uh, you look at these 
uh, sporting events that I just talked about and many other uh, sporting events. You look at uh, business deals around the world. You look at uh, family uh, feuds around the world. You look at uh, the wars that have gone on and the battles that have gone on, the social conflicts that go on around the world. And, and you ask yourself, what side is God on? And I would suggest that based on what we've read and based on the examples that we started with, Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph, and so on, and we see that God is with people. In fact, if you read Matthew chapter 28, what we know is the Great Commission, where Jesus says to his disciples, now go into the world and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. At the end of that command, he says, and I will go with you. We have a promise that God is going to be with us, but only for seeking him and hating evil, which tells me that we should be asking the question, whose side am I on? Not whose side is God on. God wants to know if you're on his side or not. And we have, too many times we've asked him the question, is God on my side? And, and really we need to answer the question, am I on God's side? That's the only way we can understand how two different sides of something can call out to the same God and expect God to answer in the same blessing. When in reality, he can't be on both sides because both sides conflict. And really what needs to happen is the world and every, everyone in it needs to, be on, to get on God's side. It's not as God with me, am I with God? That's the big idea. That's the big question for this morning. That's the reason why I had so many different scriptures that I want you to study and see what it means to be on God's side, to be with God, to be part of the kingdom of God. In order to be part of the kingdom of God, you have to surrender your kingdom and who you are to him. And that way when we go into the world as believers and we say, hey, we're, we're ambassadors for the kingdom of Christ. We, we are sent into the world to tell people about the gospel, to tell people that Jesus loves them, and to tell people what the cross is all about. We're about the Lord's business. And of course he's going to be with us while we're doing that. Of course God is going to be with us in the middle of that. That's how we know when hard times come, when struggles come, when pain and suffering comes, when the world gets so hard and overwhelming and seem seemingly chaotic, we have confidence and peace because we know that we're with God. We're not of, we're not, this, is, this world is not our home. Are you with God? If we answer that question, then the answer to the first question, is God with me or who is God with, is obvious. God is always with you as long as you're with him. <laughs> Doesn't that make sense? I mean, it's like if, if, God is, uh, if God sends Jesus into the world so that he could uh, go to the cross and uh, uh, make payment for the offenses of man, the offenses that have been... Uh, committed against him and his holiness and he's willing to bring Jesus into the world and die the way that he died on the cross as brutal death as he as he uh, uh, went through and give up his own life on the cross 
take on the guilt of all man's offenses and then God resurrects him from the dead and brings him back to his side so that you and I and anyone who believes that that is true can be with him. So that we can be with him. It's not about so that he can be with me. It's about so that I can be with him, so that you can be with him. That's the gospel. And if we ever get into this habit or into this false understanding that because I'm a believer, because I'm a Christian, that God is with me, and that's the way it works, we've, we've completely misunderstood the gospel and we completely are, are putting ourselves in a bad place with God. Because it, it insinuates that God is my servant. It's like it, it's, it insinuates that God's following me around and, do, and following my will when I'm supposed to be following his will. And I'm supposed to be with him. Because if I'm out in the world doing his business, if I'm out in the world being faithful to the call to be an ambassador, to be a minister of the gospel, to share the gospel, to love people, to love God, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, if I'm doing all of those things, then, then of course God is with me. Because I'm with him. But it can never be God is with me, but I'm not with him. We have to be with him first. We have to go to him first. We have to surrender our kingdom and let it be swallowed up by the kingdom of God. What I mean by our kingdom, I mean everything that we've built with our own desires and our own work and our own hearts. Everything that we've worked so hard to make ourselves a name for. Everything that says who we are that's not of God. We give it all to God and let him be the Lord of our lives. Let him be the king of our lives. Let, let, us, let us submit ourselves and surrender ourselves to his kingdom and live in, in a kingdom-minded society under the lordship of our holy God. That's what the gospel is all about. That's why in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says, I'll go with you always. If you're about the Lord's business, which is going out into the world and making disciples, I'll be with you everywhere. The presence of God, those who are surrendered, this is the gospel message if you haven't heard it. If, you need, if you're not saved, listen to this. Is that if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you should, uh, uh, you should repent. You should stop living as if you don't have a God, as if God doesn't exist. You should stop offending God by the way you've lived. You should stop being the king and lord of your own life. And then you should accept God's forgiveness because of your faith in Christ. And we do that by being baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. Baptism is simply surrendering to God. It's a symbol. It shows how the old self, the old self, the old way of life is over and we bury that person. And when that person comes out of baptism, it's a new life. We're living a new life resurrected in Christ and we belong to the kingdom of God. Now now we're with God. Now we are with him. So therefore, when we go into the world, we're all about his business. We're all about making disciples. We're all about loving people. We're all about serving others. We're all about glorifying God with everything that we do. And of course, God is with us in all of that. That's the message for this morning. That's what salvation is all about.
It's all about who is on God's side. Right? Because if you haven't noticed, this recent pandemic is affecting the entire world. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like it's happening to some people and not others. It's, it's happening to everybody. And there's people who are wicked people. There, there are people who are uh, pretty decent people, but they don't know God. There's people who are uh, sometimes Christians. There are people who are fake Christians. There are people who are genuine, faithful believers. There are people who are servants of the kingdom of God, doing everything that the Spirit leads them to do, living in this world. All of those people living in this world, but they're all affected the same by this thing in this world. Whose side is God on? He's on the side of those who are about his business. Because they're on his side. So this, when we take communion, as we're about to do, when we take communion, I hope that we think about our commitment that we made as believers. When we first understood the gospel and understood what this is all about and we first understood that Jesus really is the Christ and that, and that we really have offended God and that we really need Jesus as Lord and Savior if, 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 we, if that's who we are and we come to a moment in, 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 in our worship service or any time in our life and we sit down with a piece of bread and some wine or juice or, or, or some kind of emblem that says uh, that reminds us of what it took for us to be reconciled to God for having an opportunity to even go and say, I want to be on, on his side. I hope that we evaluate our commitment to him. I hope we evaluate the reality that God is not coming to us. We're going to him. It's not about God, God allowing himself to come to us. He's opening the door to his kingdom so that we can be returned where we belong. That's what communion is about. That's why when we, when we share in communion, if there's things, sinful things in our life, it's a good chance to repent. It's a good time to confess and repent to the Lord and say, you know what? I got to stop this. I got to do something. I got to do different. You got you to go and, and make, a, make a new commitment every day that you're going to be on his side. You're going to be with him. I'm with the king. I'm with the Lord. Let's, share, let's pray and we'll share in communion. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this morning and I thank you for this time of worship and time of study. Lord, I thank you for the scripture we are able to read and the many different examples that show us how faithful you are to those who seek you and who are faithful to you, those who are on your side. Help us to be those who are on your side. Help us to be those who stay true to that commitment that we're going to surrender everything that's on our side and go to your side and we're going to serve you. And we're going to be your ambassadors, and it's going to be all about you. Help us when we fail, Lord. I pray for those who are uh, not committed to you, those who are not surrendered to you, maybe those who aren't saved by the blood of Christ, that today would be the day that they consider that to be true in their lives and that they say to themselves, I want to be on God's side today. I want to repent. I want to be baptized for the forgiveness of my sins. I want to begin to live a life on God's side so that he will be with me. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice. We thank you for everything that it means, and we thank you for the reminder of uh, whose side we are, we're on, who we serve. Help us, Lord, as we go into this world, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
If you are, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, we are Christian Church, Oak Grove Christian Church right here in Arden, North Carolina. You are welcome anytime to contact us and get in touch with us so that we can get to know you. You're welcome anytime to send messages through the social media or emails or phone calls. You're also welcome to stop by the church anytime you feel the need, especially when we come back together and gather together. You're, you're welcome to come and be a part of our family and come and grow together with Christ. If you're a member of the church, I'm, uh, we miss you. We miss you being around. We love you. And we want you to know that God is, uh, God is with you as long as you're with him. God is always with us as long as we're with him. Continue to seek ways to serve the Lord. Continue to seek ways to love others and, serve, and love God. In the meantime, we're going to continue to press on. We're going to continue to move forward. Uh, don't forget to share, hit the like buttons, and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, get connected to the Facebook page. And uh, don't forget about your prayer request. If there's any prayer requests that you might want to share, uh, there's plenty of ways to do that. That's what we have this morning. We love you. We thank you for tuning in. God bless y'all, and we'll see you on Wednesday night.